0: and and then and then my when my dad was driving home it it opened up a level of comfort from from probably his side where he would we where we were talking about his 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 mother's his mother recently passed away, and we're talking about how how every day he thinks of his mum and how certain senses and smells and things that he sees in a day to day basis remind me him of her, and I've never heard him speak like that, and I don't know, maybe it was an existential coincidence that he, half an hour after we had the chat, ate the burgers, and he dropped me off at the airport, that he was able to to to, to find the words, you know, no doubt that's what he felt, but he found the words to, to tell me that that's how he'd been experiencing his mother's death. And then I thought, you know, like I was—I've never been happier to leave my parents, mm. in in every sense of the word, you mm. know, because it's like, if I get the chance next time to go over, which I which I will, the likelihood as I will, we've 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 reached that, we've gone as far as we could we we could have in that time, and.
1: And why do you feel you had to
0: go there? I felt I felt a really strong uneasiness, um, in authenticity around our 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 relationship. Um, I felt that like there's things that I that I that I didn't ask or didn't know about them, and. I think I wanted all our differences to come together to feel like it was something and this is the whole sort of maybe it's an existential response to 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 their death, to my death, is that I wanted something to to remember that was just
1: Yeah
0: greater than almost, you know, twenty nine years before that. And was in it was in half an hour we had that conversation hmm.
1: you know S- something for you to remember it,
0: yeah oh I don't know I, I mean
1: it sounds like it, it gave some kind of uh, closure to something that you and you, you, you needed For for so long, and uh, like it it sounds like you know the the relationship didn't feel real
0: if not for those conversations. Mm. It it felt it felt yeah not real yeah it kind of felt a little bit uh, maybe conventional. A, 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 a little bit like we've got more to give here. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And I always ask myself that with with, with with people: is there more here? Yeah. And then the question is: we've talked about this before. Is work the other day is is that asking too much of people? Mm. You know, is that asking too much of people to to go to a place where? All your limits are tested. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and the assumption that there are limits and that you know other people's limits or, or you know, even that you know your own limits.
0: That's the point, right? Hmm. You, you don't know that, so you, you just keep going. Yeah. Despite all the sort of...
1: Yeah, I I guess I just, I find it really interesting that, you know, this conversation, this 30 minutes was so pivotal in in giving you a sense of fulfilment around your relationship with your parents and is it just because that, that kind of conversation isn't one that's conventional...
0: I wouldn't say it's fulfillment. I would say it was the the the, the nature of it. It was us three together, yeah. both my father and my mother, that very different people. Like, like, don't get me wrong, the, the conversations that I've had with my mum for a very long time have usually that they can go as far as that they they've always been pretty challenging and and you know always sort of pushing pushing limits, so to speak, you know, to the detriment of our, our relationship sometimes. But it was the nature of being part of maybe something else other than just my relationship with my mum or a relationship with my dad was actually seeing them to interact to. Like I I remember thinking maybe that's maybe that was the level of contentment, seeing them mm. say things to each other. Yeah. And almost like witnessing that was very special because it wasn't so much like I'm just reflecting this at the t- now as, as we're talking it wasn't so much my interactions with them because that's I feel like they, they'd they been sort of holding this conversation away from me knowing, knowing that I want to have these conversations or that's sort of the way I am you know but then it's almost like I stepped away from it mm-hmm. temporarily and then I saw this this, this thing that was happening in front of me between them and they were telling each other, <laughs> you know, how they feel. I know and it sounds quite strange, but it's two people that just... They do it in their own way, but the fact that they were able to actually sit there and be so uncomfortable. And it's comfortable is not putting the right word. It was further than that. It was almost like they were a second away from pulling out of the conversation, you know, <laughs>
1: yeah. you know, yeah. so
0: it was halfway on a boat. It's like, you know, it was, it was, it could have gone either way, but it yeah. was deathly quiet. I was just sort of sitting there and they they just, yeah, they just started. Communicating, And it was a way they communicated too. It wasn't just... We're forced by our oldest son to talk about death and the, the experience of being alone if one of them left. It wasn't... It was almost like the acknowledgement that... Maybe we need to do this. And... Conversations... After that, have been quite interesting with my parents because the dynamic has shifted in terms of how we interact with each other. It's no longer, especially with my dad, it's actually a lot more intrusive, a lot more like, if you weren't here, I just want to tell you that I love you, which is not something that I would ever have done before, or neither would he
1: yeah yeah so that added a added that that necessary layer of authenticity
0: hmm.
1: and cut cut all the other layers out hmm. that we're so used to turning towards yeah, yeah. So we we spoke about it once the way that you know, with a lot of people, you can, you know, I can think of a lot of people in my life, like I can really predict how the conversations are going to go. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And that, that's, you know, the other person probably doesn't like that either. Or maybe, you know, not consciously, but it's, it's, um, it's, boring but it's comfortable um, and it's yeah it's it's predictable and it's it's easy but you know like I remember that um that book we were talking about that palliative care nurse who wrote about her patient's regrets when they were dying and what yeah one of the main ones was like i wish i'd been more myself mm-hmm. so you know when you're hiding yourself the other person is hiding themselves from you you're you're not you you're both kind of just playing some stupid game and not really meeting anywhere table tennis game (laughs) Mm. you're just throwing random balls at each other and not really getting anywhere it's sort of I guess yeah that that predictability is not something that you had in that conversation and that's probably what made it so special and so beautiful I think I need to have more more conversations like that and I think it takes uh, guts to move out of that routine um, kind of pattern that we all do in our conversations and our relationships and you know, especially long-term relationships, family... Yeah.
0: I think the hardest thing is, like, like you've got a conscious awareness that that is a possibility, and it's like, well, I question, like, what if that never is a conscious experience for somebody? Like, because what if the ping-pong game, Mm. table tennis game, is the reality of... Well, it is a reality of a substantial amount of the people that, that live.
1: I don't know if that's true, though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if we can know what other people's experiences are.
0: But I think we're in a world that's dictated by people's experiences. Like the world we live in is a byproduct of.
1: But we're not inside we everyone's
0: value. head. No, no, we're not. But we're. But. You don't need to be inside someone's head. It's not. Things are. It's greater than just being in someone's head. It's a byproduct of the society we live in. The struggles that people contend with. Like what? Well, people contend with everyday meaningless fears things about things that are created by I mean in my view it's a completely they're they're, they're, they're used as a tool to avoid the sort of deeper hmm. questions and that
1: and whether it's active or, or passive avoidance or con- conscious or unconscious avoidance hmm is is what you're saying is a, is a big differentiator. Hm. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I don't know. No, I don't know. And I, I
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, my 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 I I don't I struggle to find anybody that's willing to ask questions on a regular basis about their place in the world that mm-hmm. doesn't that's not So if people are, if people are, if people are hiding it, or it's within them, it, that very much, that very well could be within them. But unless it's exposed,
1: it, th- it could be very, very deep and very hard to find within them.
0: But then you die, so mm. it's it it, mm. it 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 becomes redundant. It's like well. Mm. Like, like for example, just this is not a, a person in particular, but if someone spends their life working
1: mm.
0: in a profession, let's just talk about maybe like a what's a profession in society that's deemed like a, a lawyer, like a lawyer spends their life um, in that field, <clears throat> spend a lot of their childhood, let's just say childhood, adolescence, getting to the point where they can. Have the capacity to be a lawyer. <clears throat> so they're doing these things that lead up to this point, mm. and then they start earning. This—that's uh, to save society's sort of interpretation of financial freedom. They start buying different cars. They—they they, they start kids. Buying, kid, uh, buying kids. Buying kids. Buying kids. <laughs> good um, stuff happened. Yeah. and they start investment pro- properties. Yeah, and then and then. And then and then they they walk out on a what's the freeway here? They Walk out on the West Ring, Westgate, Westgate, or whatever it's called. Mm. Or they go for a run and they have a heart attack, or they get involved in a in a in a car crash, and that's it. And it happens.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, so the fallacy of it, it doesn't happen happens. Yeah. And whether that was in in them. It it doesn't matter because they've lived a life that is their life. Mm. But for what?
1: That's the thing. There's no what. Like, it's
0: where... But but would they be doing that if they they asked themselves, at least superficially, the very least, about questions around death? Would they be doing that? Would they have spent their hmm. life pursuing what they pursued? It's a good, yeah, it's
1: a good question. If they were somehow magically divorced from societal expectations and norms,
0: or, or, or at least not a participant to like mm. at least, at least at, at the very like I'm talking. I'm just talking an observer to it. I'm just talking some level of like awareness of the manipulation of being a human being
1: mm.
0: and the role that each individual has. And, you know, there's so many there's, there's so many examples. I can't tell you how many examples I've had having this similar conversation with, with people that are friends of mine but are completely resistant to this idea of, thinking about things further than they than they need to it's like it's almost like if it's within them i I don't know if it's within them and, and sometimes I don't think it even matters because it's 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 well that's
1: the thing I don't think any of it matters you know whether you gain meaning from a conversation like the one that you had with your parents or you don't gain meaning. I mean, you're going to die. They're mm. going to die. No, it Just, I, I, like, I know it sounds bleak, but nothing matters. Everyone ends up in the same spot. Mm. You know, same spot as the guy who dies on the freeway. Like... Regardless of how much meaning you ascribe in your life, and mm. I don't know, it's all—it's all—it all just reverts to nothingness. And that's not to say, like you know, you shouldn't strive to find purpose in however you define purpose. But yeah, I—I I do, I do get. I'm not trying to dismiss what you're saying. Like I do really get, and I'm intrigued by it. What you're saying about you know that person who who might live a life of avoidance of death and avoidance of ever thinking truthfully about themselves a- away from you know others' expectations and you know what what does that mean like where but i I kind of just think well it means nothing just like my life also means nothing mm. actually i don't know i don't know if i agree. <laughs> going back i don't know if i agree with that completely i think like the counter argument in my head now is like well no give the
0: counter argument to yourself
1: <laughs> counter argument to myself is like actually no like that's why we have language and Language and kids is is kind of what can pass down you know some of the nothingness onto something else for the next people before they experience the nothingness
0: mm. I suppose the question is how important is it for a human being? to f- To experience nothingness and 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 ex- and actually truly experience it, whatever it is, we don't know what it is, but let's just say how important it is for a human being to allow that nothingness to be there rather than try to transform it into something else or or be aware of the nothingness because I think when we when you jump from when we we that does too when we jump from nothing matters
1: mm.
0: no matter what you go from like an existential point of view to almost like a nihilistic point of view where it really doesn't matter like yeah you 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 go off and stab someone yeah versus you go off and hug somebody it well, doesn't matter
1: yeah well I'm not sure about. Yeah, you know, how it justifies evil.
0: I think that's a different conversation, right? Well, no, but 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 the but the but the whole the theory is nothing matters. Mm. The it you, you can't you can't be graded on evil or not evil, or based on an act because nothing matters. Nothing. Everything. Everything.
1: Everything. everything. So, yeah. So I guess. You want to attribute some meaning to your choices.
0: That's what we have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what we have. And um, we want to cling on to, as we said, like memories being important. And we want to cling on to connections and experiences mm. Cause, yeah well, what what else do we have in your mind
0: well i i think i think that um it's it's how do we how do we how do we live like the question is this how do you live in the best way you can while you're here, knowing that you're not going to be here at some point, mm. and how you do that is 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 the question. Is the sort of how you li- how you live, how you exist, how you interact with suffering, how you deal with trauma, how you deal with the circumstances of your context where you live, how you deal with people around you, how you deal with you know it's 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 a whole life of Interpretation around how you interact with the world.
1: So then, maybe its interpretation is all we have.
0: Yeah, I mean subjectivity, of course. Yeah, yeah. But it's the I think what I think what I'm trying to differentiate here is this awareness of the subjectivity, or the awareness of this, of this, of 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 what we represent as human beings. I I, I get really fearful when I am in a in a in a room with with people and this is probably more of an insight into my own sort of like social fear existential fear when I'm in a group of, when I'm in a group of people is this complete unintentional or intentional separation from themselves. It's like they they are just existing and not asking themselves questions, and that's and I find that saddening. I, I it's it's not a necessarily a judgment. I mean, I can't change that, nor should I, nor do I want to. But I find it deeply sad, saddening, mm. and because how much of that is their choice? How much of that is self-protection? How much of that is death anxiety? How much of that is capacity? How much of that is interpretation? I don't know. How much of that is this sort of, as you said, this inner, like, desire that's not, I don't know, that hasn't been able to come out? Hmm. This, This other part of them, other part of themselves that hasn't, you know, Maybe context or circumstances or conversation hasn't allowed it to come out. I don't know. But it's like, and that's where that whole, we're not going to be here for long, guys. Mm.
1: Come on. Yeah. That push to do something unconventional and to...
0: But it's only unconventional because it's not a normal thing to do.
1: Right. Which is also fucked that it's not a normal thing to that that says something about what we create as a as a culture from hmm. individuals who deny our death so much and
0: yeah I just think I just think death is the biggest gift we have like and, and I feel like it's just abused abused and used and just taken for granted and and then you and, you, and then that's it and then, they, then it's like and then maybe the whole pass the parcel thing that life you know sending it off to, to people that maybe it's like maybe that's what I that's maybe my purpose is that if someone else can latch on to this then maybe it never dies <laughs> I don't know